Exciting episode, really exciting episode of the Two Half Squads, which is the one and only podcast dedicated almost 100% to the greatest game in the world. And that would be Advanced Squad, Advanced Squad Leader. Leader. We're coming to you into your living rooms, into your bedrooms. Don't know where else you're listening our... at your bathroom. Yeah, you might be in your car. Yep. On your bicycle. Yep. At headphones. Church. At church, well, during if you're the, listening the to church, get, the, get that, get those headphones out of your ears. 
and in class, yeah. in your adult classes, yeah. at community college. And this is a momentous occasion. It is momentous. It is the spectacular 200. Wow. 200th episode. Titanic 200. It's big. This is the biggest event probably of the day. Totalitarian 200. I think we should have a trumpet fanfare. All right. I don't have a trumpet. 200. So don't get your hopes up, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Really, I was going to even tweet that out last week. Yeah, uh, don't don't expect much, yeah. kids. It's going to be duller than we're going to make it duller than it's, usual. It's only special in in number. Yeah, it's true. Not in content. Really, no. It's going to have great content, Jeff. We got oh, all yeah. those interviews. Yeah, we got great interviews to to talk about. We've got. It's going to save us the interviews. Oh yeah, definitely from the open. Remember? Yeah, we, we got big names. We did. We can't remember any of those Banizic? names, but they're big. Yeah. The other guy who was in the beginning, very beginning with Fish. Right. All these guys. You're going to love it. Now, they may not all be on this episode. We may keep this to about an hour again, like most. Um, thought I'd go in three hours, realize why. We can get two more shows out of that if we just keep it to an hour. Yeah, that's right. so, <laughs> so we'll be putting out 200, 201 right behind it. Yeah. I'm going to bet. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be coming right up. And. Then we'll see. We'll see where we go from there. We've actually decided we are going to continue at least until 202. Yes. And then we'll see. We like to keep everybody on the edge of their seats. And Jeff, so after 200 episodes and how many years has it been? It's been 10 years. We started in 2008. Yeah. And um, what's, what's your thoughts overall? Well, I still feel like I'm a new, a neophyte ASL player. Which is a little disturbing. I thought that after all this time, I would, I would be better at it. But I still feel like it's new, but it's still exciting. Yeah, I certainly don't feel like an expert. Yeah, like we talked to Rich, you did the Marco Polo communication between the yes. three of us on concealment. Right. And Rich was pointing out you could put multiple concealments on a unit. Yeah. Well, I, right. my my and question like, I was. I never thought of that even. Yeah. Yours my, was. My question was, during setup, when somebody is coming in from off board. Mm-hmm. You're the I can, defender. And let, let's say I get eight dummy counters. Mm-hmm. So I'll set up my dummy counters. Like maybe I'll set up four stacks of two. And then I would see right through that. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Well, and then. Uh, as part of, if we're following the ASOP, then next is to then next would be to put concealments on all of my units counters, on, on all of my units. And I thought, can I put a concealment counter on a dummy stack? No. And the answer is no. Did you double check it out with the rule book? I did. The, yeah, I think okay. it was a a twelve point twelve or something Pretty like early that. Pretty there. Yeah, it said you can put concealment counters on things that are not already concealment don't already have concealment counters yes. on them. I remember Dave Timnan used to do that a, a bit. It took a, a little while for him to remember, oh, yeah. yeah, I can't conceal the dummy stacks. Right. Because I was like, how'd you get so many dummy counters? That's why people count. Yes. Right. right? That's right. But I think Rich was saying you could put two dummies on top of a squad. Which you can do, yeah. Okay, because that, yeah. but then I guess we don't a lot because we want to spread those out, right? And have more hidden things than make stacks look big. Sometimes, yeah. But my th- and my question then was, well, let's say you have a squad 
and you put two dummies on him, can you then conceal the squad? No. No. Because, because they've already got a concealment, concealment counters, counters on, on that squad. So even though they're not concealment counters at that point, they're dummies. So that's where I would get a little confused is because they call them dummy counters, but actually they're concealment counters. counters. Yes, they are. I think they should have separate counters for dummies. <laughs> but then you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, they do. It's called a starter kit. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I got, I, yeah. No offense, people. Hey, you listeners, you all know how dumb I am. Yeah. I got all these Hallett counters that uh, that Ray Tapio yeah. sent me. Yeah, Rich all got kinds those of, for you. His yeah. birthday. Present. Yes. Thanks, Rich. Thank you, Richard. And I'm so I could use those for now. dummy counters. <laughs> wow. That, now that means the whole Is that show your new thing? You're cackling just... laugh. <laughs> <laughs> how do we turn that off? No, I'm trying annoying. to turn that yeah, off. I won't do that. Um, but Rich pointed out you could conceal even not in concealment terrain. That's right. What he said in the Marco Polo. Did he change his mind on that later? No, that is right. If he's coming in I from off I don't think board, I do that. I don't think I do that. Yeah, you can cover well, everything. Who do you ever set up out there not in con- in some form of concealment terrain? Do you just you know? Don't you put everybody in woods, grain buildings? Usually, as a defender, but you don't mm-hmm. have to. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't Dave, have to. Rich, Dave, I'm Dave. You're Dave. <laughs> Jeff, you're, you're not Rich. I'm Jeff. Jeff. I'm Jeff. Jeff has a setup right here on the table. Yeah. I don't see anyone in the open ground, do I? Uh, no, I didn't gun. have anybody open oh, in open ground. Maybe you'd put a gun or a tank in yeah. the open. Right? Not when there's that much grain. It's easy to put somebody in grain. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so, so yeah, I, I guess I hadn't realized that. If a guy's in the open, he can also be concealed at the setup. Right. So. And he can gain concealment during play. If he rolls for it, and if he's not in line of sight of an enemy unit, he can roll for concealment. Yeah. If he's in non-concealment terrain, I think you just need to not roll it. Oh man, this this is going to require remembering <laughs> the rule. <laughs> I remember there is a rule, and Rich Rich looked it up. Yeah. Well, he knew it yesterday. I think it's just you. You don't. You it. can't roll a six or something, or something. It is some. It Folks, is something make up like your that. own number. It, make you up know, your own number. Close enough. Yeah. Just make, call it that. Again, some number <laughs> makes the game more fun. Yeah. Um. Whoa, we are right into ASL. This is boring. Talking yeah, about right. rules. <laughs> so how's, how are things going otherwise? Oh, I asked about the two hundred mark. Yeah. Um. What you do know, you think? Yeah. I, how, do you, I think, how are you feeling? Um. If 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 doing these shows has brought some joy into our listeners' humdrum lives. Then it all ain't been in vain for nothing. That's right. Can yeah. you name that movie? Um, if no. all of our hard work has brought some joy into your humdrum lives, then it ain't been in vain for nothing. I actually don't remember. <laughs> Singing in the Rain. Oh, okay. <laughs> when she's talking to the okay <laughs> the fans of the movies that they yeah. create. Oh, okay. I gotta love that line. That's a good line. In vain for nothing. Then <laughs> it ain't been in vain for nothing. That's good. Oh, well. But no, uh, yeah, that's, of course, being sarcastic because our listeners' lives are not humdrum. You have plenty of other things to do, listeners, and listen to us. So we want to thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you very time. much from the Most bottom of our pure sincerely. beef hearts. sincerely. Yeah. Most sincerely. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. 
was revaz. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of the rest of the, <laughs> yeah, the words. It's not coming up right at the moment. Quick. Yeah. Well, while you're thinking, Jeff, uh, we'd like to welcome you to to is half to half squads land. land. Uh, I would like to seriously um, thank Steve Banks increasing his pledge on Patreon. Very good. Thank you. Steve gets the new deep tone bell. Eric Top had pledged also. Thank you, Eric. Oh, yeah, we got two not, bells not now. Not as much money. To celebrate so, our big anniversary, I got an, I stole uh, a bell from a client. We, we do. It's the premiere of our new bell. I don't want to lose track of any donators here. We have a... And we do, while you're PayPal looking that donation, up... donation, which was from Mark... Oh, I think for the... The covers for the mics to oh, yes. cut out the pop, pop screens. Right, the pop filter, pop screens. We have not bought stuff. yet, right. but we, of course, he said if you don't get around to it, use the money for the show anyway. We will. I'm going up to Sam Ash tomorrow. So, so thank uh, you. Which is our local music store. Oh, good. Thank you, yeah. Mark. You were going to say also? Well, I was just going to say we do use these donations for things like upgrading equipment and for the cost of the bandwidth of the show and the. You know, the various things that go into creating a podcast like this. We also use it to buy uh, products from MMP and from other purveyors of ASL products that don't donate them to us. For some reason, MMP doesn't. And I don't. And mm-hmm. But but they could. Mm-hmm. And if they started donating, I don't know what would happen. I'd fall off my chair, I guess. Uh, but yeah, we keep products coming in and... Uh, and it keeps us going, so we really appreciate your donations. Yes, we do. And uh, please tell all your friends to get on board. We're hoping to make this a little more profitable as yeah. to get Jeff into retirement. And like I said last time, it, you know, it's it's cheap. You can just donate a dollar per episode. That or would two. be great, you know, because then it's like the cost of one scenario pack. $24 a year? Come on, you can afford mm-hmm. that. We did get some information from... Ritterkrieg, uh, he has re-upped for advertising. Excellent. and That's because we have such a strong pull, our audience is w- out we there. We must. Really, yeah. and, uh, but he also mentioned some sad news that a, a player, Daryl Wright, who I did not know, um, had passed away. Oh, sorry and to hear that. In one of his posts, which maybe I'll put the link on the show, I did tweet it out if you get into our Twitter feed, um, that... Um, he had said, when we think of our friends, he said, he said somewhere in his post, um, and losing his friend, I want to remind everyone to look up from the game board a little more often. Right? Yeah. Right? Right. Check the person you're sitting across from yeah. and think, this is a, this is a person. And a good friend, probably. A good friend and, yeah. And we can spend too much time looking down at the game board. Yeah. So, again, for me, the game is a social thing, and Jeff and I will talk quite a long time. So I passed that along. Other news, um, uh, Ritter Krieg is going to be do- selling the LFT products now also. Excellent. And so there should be a good availability there with Ritter Krieg. So He's learned to speak French. Is that it? Yes, he can pronounce <laughs> Le Franc Terreur. So just want to get Great. that one in there. Thank you, Derek, for so, your continued support of this podcast. And what have you been up to, Jeffrey? Well, I've been, uh, you know, are you speaking other than ASL? I've just been working. It's banter. You know, I've been 
just doing a lot of interesting. You know, I really love my work. I really like working on computer stuff. And uh, the technology is changing all the time. I'm always learning something new. Clients are always asking for something, and I always say, yes, I can do that. And then I go figure out how to do that. And it's, to me, it's absolutely fascinating. I get up in the morning, and I'm, I can't wait to get to work. I wake up in the morning, and I think I can't wait to get to work. That is excellent. And a lot of times I'll go to sleep. Uh, before I go to sleep, I'll think about a project, something that's puzzling me about it, and I'll come up with an answer. So it's great. But I don't mind also thinking about retiring next year, which I'm planning on doing. <laughs> I have no idea how I'm going to do that. Actually, I've got everything worked out except I need $12 million. $12 million. So, little details. Um, but since you're going to retire next year, I want to retire with you so we can play more ASL and mm-hmm. travel to World War II battle sites, which and, I think we're doing. Yeah, do all that kind of historical stuff. And build models. And build models, yeah. And, and spend more oh, time on the show. Then we can go to the movies Watch them together for Spine and Sprocket. Right. Instead of cramming them in in the wee hours of our days. Right. Right. Which we did on our last episode, which was... Conan. Conan, yeah. The Destroyer. Right. Uh, it's Spine and Sprocket. Great podcast. If you haven't listened to it, it's not really that great. But it's a great podcast. It's very entertaining. Yeah. Way to spend... Uh, 45 minutes. Did we talk about what we're going to read and uh, do next time? We're going to do something we World War II? We still have to do or? the two Conan books, and then we were thinking of going back to some more war stuff for our yeah. ASL kind of fans. Yeah. but I started watching a show so actually quite late last night on Amazon called Battle for Sevastopol, I believe it's called, oh. and it's about the Russian World War woman II. sniper. I don't oh, remember Oh, yeah, name. remember that? Yes. There was the song about her. Right. She shot her 100... Nazi or something. Yeah, yeah very that, happy to. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's all I've been doing, really not, not too much of interest other than well, to I, me. How about you? You know, I went to Ireland. What? Yeah. What? You wouldn't be putting me on now, would you, Dave? <laughs> oh, You I, went to Ireland, did you? I meant to bring you some Irish whiskey, but I forgot. Well, that's all right. We've got Irish whiskey over here in the store. <laughs> and did true. you enjoy your trip? We did. We went with the whole family. So we had a Bob, Bob and Melinda Hole. <laughs> yes, the, the, the whole, whole family. family. Yes, yeah. We loved a vacation with them. Yeah. The, Megan is out of school. Your and daughter. She is a delight. May I say, not in a, you know, Ivanka kind of way. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, just kidding. Yeah. No politics. We're huge right. fans. Huge fans. Um, She's a delight, and she loves history, Jeff, and she loves romanticizing the ruins like I do. Mm-hmm. She envisions the history. She loves the accents like you do. Mm-hmm. She actually was brought to tears by the beauty of some of the landscapes. Mm-hmm. And so she and I just really meld, and she wrote me a wonderful Father's Day card mm-hmm. about us. Thanks for being so much like me. That we so enjoyed Ireland together. Yeah, you know. So I'm really excited. Oh, that's I nice. Be touring with her more globally. Adam went. Now he's often the trouble child. Sorry, Adam. 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 <laughs> we'll give him the bell um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, he, now he's a sophomore in college. Yes, sir. Yeah. He'd rather stay home than really go mm. to a lot of places. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm kind of surprised you got him to go, you know, really? he, because he's old enough to say no. Yes, he is. And he initially was saying no. 
I'm going to have to oh, work. Really? You know, I got yeah. this great internship at Zurich over here. And um, we're going to have to move those bells. <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah. And, um, so, but no, he went. And he also is, is old enough now to appreciate, for a guy who's not into it like Megan, some of the ruins he really loved. Yeah. And um, the food. So he had a great time. Yeah. Uh, then Aaron also had a great time. Now, Laura and I had these horrible coughs, those three-week coughs. And I actually was spitting up a little blood. I think I told you right. Yeah, we the, don't have to talk about that, oh, though, okay. do we? Well, the day Ooh. of the flight, I was like, hospital or Ireland? I give you a lot of credit for getting on that plane and well, under those conditions. I've had it before, like yeah. once, when my cough was so hard and I was mm. something bursting in my lungs. Went to Ireland. I figured, you know, yeah. I can always go in a hospital over there or fly home. You know, they say, yeah, well, that's true. It's, it's only six, seven hours. Yeah, just six shove me on flight. a plane and, uh, yeah. and then the rest of you continue the tour. But, yeah, so great time. You know, again, yeah. food, the traditional. I sent you several Marco, Marco Polos. Marco Polos, yeah, which I really appreciate. Did you? you or well, I, I really do. I appreciate you taking the time out to think of thinking of me and uh, sending those Marco Polo's and let, letting me see some of that landscape yeah. and you know, stuff was yeah, great. Yeah, and the family. Everything from the ancient burial site, yeah. the oldest in Europe, I think it was. 21 bodies under there they, they found. It was 4,000 years old, 5,000. They, are they dead? <laughs> yes. They I'm thinking Barrel Whites a lot. I was thinking a lot about Barrel Whites and stuff. <laughs> um, you know, the Celtic Cross graveyards. Of course, we did the the... Rock of Cash show, but I really recommend Kells Priory, which is this big opened, open uh, ruin. And there's just a ton there. Of course, after a while, I get tired of them. I originally pl- you get tired of ruins well, after a while. Our last last one was the Clonmacnoy, the cross of Clonmacnoy, very famous mm. Celtic cross. And you know, walking around the ruins by that time, yeah, day seven was like. Oh, this is a good ruin too. But yeah, yeah, I've seen this before. But yeah, I initially planned the whole trip to be like monastery, ruins, castle, <laughs> you know, eat dinner, castle, ruins, yeah. you know, yeah. graveyard, um, ancient burial site, those beehive huts. And you know they oh, filmed, yes, right. they filmed Star Wars in, in huts like those that I had sent you. Oh, they did. On the Isle of uh, oh, I Yeah, just the Terror. the last movie, right? Skellig, the, uh, Skellig Islands. Yeah. Yeah, which we thought of going to, but you got to really hit it on a calm day and get a boat. And mm. um, we saw the similar beehive shaped huts like Han Solo, no, Luke Skywalker was hanging yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. so so great, great. Yeah, well, that I, I think that's coincidentally my uh, oldest sister was in Ireland over the weekend. Oh, she went there for the weekend just to, for Dublin. Then, yep, I recommend Dublin and Galway. Yeah, I didn't like Cork. No, no, our, our room was Laura. Planned all the bed and breakfast kind of things. Laura drove. Megan did the directions on the phone. And I read the historical backgrounds before we get to sites. So we had a little team thing going. But There's not a lot of... Is there a lot of World War II history from Ireland? They didn't no. get bombed or anything, no, did they? No, You have a lot of Cromwell and King Henry VIII when the Church of England. He yes. went through and burned a lot of these places and yeah. made them into ruins. Yeah. So... Interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you had a Vikings, good trip. Your Vikings. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did a lot really? of Viking raiders on the island and stuff. And they settled into Dublin and did a lot there. 
Now, when you, uh, after being there, you were there for six days? Yeah, seven. Seven days. Do you start picking up the accent? It starts, no. You, you don't start talking them a, a little bit, do you? <laughs> no, I didn't. I do. And your accent's heavier than theirs. <laughs> I, I do, really. <laughs> I do. When I was in England, uh, I've been to England a couple of times, and, you know, I get in the cab and say, you know, oh, would you take us round by uh, Buckingham <laughs> Palace, would you? Might. But I think if Ireland... If I was there, I'd, I'd probably be picking it up right away. And it drives Robin crazy. She's like stabbing me in the head. Will you stop that? I can't. I just, I'm kind of like a, what's the word? A An sponge. Okay. An, okay. An, an empath. An empath. Laura I, does, pick up does that. that in Pennsylvania when we visit her family out there. How do they talk? They go up at the ends of the things as if there are questions when they're not. Oh, I why don't you take that out to the car, Laura? Oh, really? No. Oh. Well, we'll be going to the store now. Oh, okay. Sounding a little Kinda. like uh, yeah. New England. And a little bit of the car park. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. But Interesting. Yep. So, well, ASL, thanks for ASL, tolerating the banter, folks, yes. for all those years, too. Yes. But most of you enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and if you have any topics you want us to talk about, even though we don't know anything about it, we're used to that. So uh, send those in. We well, always like to hear your Well, uh, update the listeners. We, we've been plowing through Chapter B terrain yes, we time have. for yep. a year now. Yeah. Two years, right? Two years, Dave, probably. Dave, I'm third person, went back to Chapter A list I had mm. uploaded to our Google thing. Rules not covered yet, Chapter A. So what you can expect in the rest of the year also... Um, Machine guns, we don't think we've actually yeah, covered I don't, them. I don't really think so. Small section of rules anyway. Yeah. Um, routing and morale is an obvious reason we didn't do routing. Yeah. Well, we did a show on routing. We better double check. I th- I'm pretty sure we did. And we talked about, I remember one show in particular where we talked about uh, interdiction. We did. And those occasions when you would want to be interdicted. Upon, yes. And that's interdiction's not on this list unless it's in that routing section. Yeah. Um, Heat of battle, integrity, uh, integrity, wounds, field promotions, unit substitution, prisoners, we capture equipment, nationality, yeah. nationality distinctions, and victory conditions. That would round out chapter eight. Okay, so yeah, that's we've so got enough, our goal. We got enough to f- to get for the year to get through show two hundred and two. Yeah, I would say yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're already into two hundred and two. Yeah. So and then we got plenty of stuff to do in chapter C and D. Yeah, and finishing up and, B. And finishing up B. Right? Yeah. I think we'll finish B and A, and then... Yeah. And, and then we'll go T back and, and start and over. Yeah, and T, T, T and A. Then we'll go we'll back start and start over and correct over all the stuff that we... Oh, and where did we leave off with our journals? In-depth journal Oh, ASL journals, right. Yeah, we've got those Annuals. to do. And what's in the box. And so, but what are we doing now, Jeff? What you been playing? Yeah, let's do a little what you've been playing lately. lately. What have you been playing lately? What have you been playing lately? What have you been playing lately, Jeffrey? Well, I'm happy to say I uh, saw Mr. Rich Spilkey over at his house yesterday. And we are continuing to work our way through Crucible of Steel from Bounding Fire Productions, which is a great pack, BFP4. And uh, I'm not sure which scenario this is, maybe about the sixth or seventh one. It's called Operation Wheatfield. And this was a very, very fun scenario. Russians against, all of these are Russians against the Germans. It takes place in uh, July of 1943. The whole pack is is actions that happen in and around the Battle of Kursk. Uh-huh. 
And so this uses board 57 and 43 and uh, BFP board M. And it's a pretty simple scenario. The Russians are uh, dug in. They've got four pillboxes, 12 trenches, some wire, some minefields, some AT mines, and then some AT guns, a couple of 45 LLs, a couple of 45 Ls, and a 37 L, and about 12 squads. And pretty much they need to dig in and hold back the German onslaught, which is coming. Oh, the Russians also have some uh, T-34s coming on in turn three. There's three of them coming on, or turn four. The Germans, on the other hand, and I was playing the Russians, they had a couple of these uh, Panzer, are they Panzer fives? Uh, there are six, the six E with the 88 L's on them. Oh, man. Uh-huh. I was scared to death of those. Even though it's got a uh, a red twelve startup, oh, it, you know, yeah, it's, that does not gonna break down not often. A, not a big deal, but that eighty eight L, you know, the base to kill number on that is twenty. Uh huh. And I was just like f- scared to death. Also has a couple of Panzer. I can't quite read these. Maybe a Panzer four. That anyway, with the seventy five L, he's got four with a fifty L, and then uh, two with a seventy five. And you know, Rich loves to use smoke, and all of these had smoke dispensers and uh-huh. smoke <laughs> or smoke dischargers, and they all had, uh, you know, smoke. Um, they could fire smoke. So, well, if you look at the picture on the back of that scenario card, yeah, from burning down the house, mm. there's a lot of smoke there. There's a lot of smoke there. Right. Yep. So I dug in, and I thought I actually thought I had a pretty good setup. The uh, you know the boards are are laid out. Vertically, if you want to say that, north to south. The Germans Is that what you have up here end. Yeah, on the table? Why'd mm-hmm. you set it up here at home if you already played it? Uh, I set it up here at home the other day because I was planning my defense before oh, I went to went Rich's to, house. Good idea. Yeah, so Same I set stuff. it all up here. I took pictures of it and then went to his house and set it up. Oh, okay. And I pretty much set up all the trenches and the, the pillboxes horizontally along just to build a line, a defensive line straight across the bottom board. And I dug in and waited for him to come. Now, I was expecting him not to come through this. I'm going to take the microphone over here a little bit. I wasn't expecting him to come through this rather narrow pass along the west, the east side. Yeah, it, there's woods. There's woods there. Three hexes and then a little uh, and there's a hedge, lot of hedge surrounding the grain. Yeah. Did he go right through the grain then or and, around the wood and well, bypassing it? He, so I thought, well, he might send something through there. So I put an AT mine hex up there, and I put an AP mine hex there, too. In the woods? or In the woods. And I put the AT mines in the woods, thinking he'll bypass the woods with his tanks. Oh, and then hit and, the But he'll mine. hit the AT mines. So I had four factors of eight. Uh, maybe it was only two factors of AT mines up there. And then I had six factors of AP mines a little further down. And I also had one of these nice, this is a BFP exclusive, the uh, AT-128 squad, which is a uh, anti-tank squad. And you equip those guys with uh, ATRs. And that's really what they're designed to do is use these ATRs against mine. They also have Molotovs. So I put one of those in there, and they're hip at all times until they pop out. Well... I thought he'd send a few things through there and maybe encounter the mines and then figure out he's going to go around the other way. And I had plenty of things around the main part of the board. No, he sent everything down that little pass. Then he hit the AT mines? 
He never did. He drove every <laughs> single tank, all three, five, nine, eleven, all eleven tanks around that hex. <laughs> Unbelievable. Never did. He did encounter the AP mines and took a little bit of damage on some squads there. But then I thought, well, how's he going to come through? Well, the the woods. He went right through the woods. So he made a trail break. Not that big a deal. He took a turn. Yeah. Made a trail break all the way through and put, and then some of his other tanks he sent across the hedges and then through the wheat field. Yeah. You just, that's the easy way to Not go. Not that hard. So that was not looking good for me. So that meant that I had to sweep everybody that I had spread all the way across the board because I got to protect the whole board. I had to sweep everybody over to the right side along the trenches. And just right from the get-go, I was I was having some problems with that. I'm going to get a picture of your defensive setup. Because I, I had some nice uh, guns over on the west side of the board, gun setup, but too hard to move them over in time. Yeah, and that's could be. Yeah, I also had set up, up along some <clears throat> woods because I figured he'd be moving along the woods. Yeah, that's I've kind of schlepped everything up over there, so that's not really where a, a lot of this stuff was. I can set it up again and get you a better picture. But uh, I also set up wire in a lot of the uh, woods hexes because I thought he's going to come up to these woods and want to use these woods to charge across and get to my trenches. And then he'll have to, you know, I'll break some of his units. He'll have to route back through wire. It'll be a real difficult thing for him. He's got to pay extra to to fire from wire. It's a plus one when you're firing our wire. But um, he didn't. None of his squads ever even got over there. I had AT mines over there. I had AP mines over there. I had eight, these uh, AT uh, anti-tank squads over there. And he never even came over to that side of the board. So it was very disappointing. You know, brilliant setup that fell through. So which way did the infantry go? With the tanks down the... Yeah, the infantry side? went along with the tanks around the down along what, that What was his objective again? Border. Uh, he had to get some victory points up to... He had to have 40 victory points... Exit? Um, ...from casualties. Okay. And then he could also gain extra victory points either by capturing buildings or exiting. Okay. By the time my tanks come on on turn four, and this is a seven-turn scenario, by the time the tanks came on, he had pretty much moved down and taken over and really had good control of the area. So we played through turn four, and then I conceded. Yeah. It, it looked like he was gonna he was gonna take over pretty pretty readily. My obviously pillboxes, you think they're a great thing, but man, if they're pointed the wrong way. It's like the Maginot line. You yes. Know? It's like, uh, yes. Your Pil guns are pointed the wrong way. It's like, sorry. Not what you can do about are that. tricky. Mm -hmm. So a couple of things I learned, and I like to think of each scenario. I was like, what did I learn from this scenario? What was the name of it again? Uh, Operation Wheatfield. Or, or do you say Wheatfield? <laughs> I say Wheatfield usually. But um, one thing was that I learned that I had forgotten because I haven't really played in a couple of months, uh, unfortunately, with all the things that are going on. I had 15 dummy counters and I use those as I normally use dummy counters. But in this scenario, I set up on board. He comes in, he actually sets up on the other board, but we treat it as if he comes in from off board. 
One thing you can do with dummy counters in, in a situation like this, if you set him up, he can't gain concealment when he's setting up if he's in line of sight of a dummy counter because he doesn't know it's a dummy counter. Okay. So I should have put more dummies way up on the uh, south side of the board where he was coming in so that I could keep more of his units from gaining concealment. And I think pillboxes could be set up or supposed to be set up like supporting each other. So if he attacks one of them, there's another one behind it that's aimed at that pillbox. Yeah, I did have a couple that were crossed. Okay. But I also wanted to make sure that I had trenches. The other thing that I did, which I thought was clever of me, was I thought he's not going to want to take all of his tank through trenches. He's going to want to maybe just drive them over the pillboxes so he doesn't have to risk the bog check. So once he eliminates the pillbox, he would just take his tanks over the pillbox. So in all the pillbox hexes, I had AT mines. Oh. I thought that was brilliant. Well, he didn't go over any no, of them no. anyway. So <laughs> Rats. Very disappointing. But I, I, th- I still think I had a good setup, and I would use that same setup again against somebody else. Let's see, what else did I learn? Um, oh, one thing that I had forgotten that was kind of interesting about smoke, because, you know, Rich likes to use lots of smoke. Yes. And as you know, when you're moving, it's your movement phase. When you're entering a hex with smoke, you add an extra movement point to go through the smoke. However, during route phase or during advance phase, you don't have to add that extra movement point. And I'd forgotten that. It's a small thing. But, you know, if you're routing or if you're advancing and you want to get into a smoky hex without, you know, going CX or whatever, uh, just keep that in mind. You don't have to during advance and route phase. That was it. Fun scenario. <clears throat> Excellent I got, reporting. I, I got clobbered. Well, I've looked it up on Roar. It plays out at eight German victories to four Russian victories. So oh, two okay. to one. So I'm not feeling too bad now. That's making Didn't me feel Rich better. Did Rich offer you the balance? No, he didn't. No. So I would say, looking at that, yeah. give him the balance. He prefers to give me a thorough drubbing. <laughs> and we had the occasion to use a couple of Rich's new tables. He's got several tables that he's working on. Mm-hmm which are very, very interesting. Uh, One of them is table 29A, and it is called Can I Change Covered Arc and or Fire That Gun During the Prep Fire Phase? And he's got a very detailed chart. So you can see here, you can look this up because this can be very complicated. So for instance, let's say you have a non-turreted, non-vehicular gun in a woods or building or rubble that is changing its covered arc to fire in the prep fire phase, you know, can you do that and and what are the penalties? So that came in handy. And then 29B, which is, as you might imagine, kind of along the same lines, can I change covered arc and or fire that gun during the defensive fire, subsequent subsequent fire, or final fire phase? And this is the one we looked up because... I was first firing a non-vehicular, non-turreted gun in the woods, um, and I changed my covered arc to fire it. So we looked across on this table, and we saw that these little details, like the initial shot, you know, you have the the to-hit modifier, and then subsequent shots, 
Well, let's see. If you if you retain rate of fire, uh, you cannot continue to turn the turret, the, to turn the gun. Okay. And the gun may not change covered. Arc. Let me just read this because I'm having a hard time remembering the detail now. The gun may not change covered arc after firing from this terrain type. However, a vehicular gun may do so if the preceding shot was taken at a known enemy unit. Otherwise, no further change in turret covered arc is allowed during that phase. In any event, the detail on the table on this table is really very, very good and very important. It's probably stuff people wouldn't bother to look up. They'd probably think, oh, can I do this? Can I, is there a penalty for that? Do I retain rate of fire or not? Um, one thing that happens is when you do that with this non-turreted gun is rate of fire goes down by one. Mm -hmm. This is why we were looking at it because I rolled a three on the red die. Yeah, the gun right. has a rate of fire of three, but because I turned the covered arc, it goes down to two. So anyway, that really helped us for that. And then he's also working on a great table for clearance rules, uh, clearance other than a dozer. So this is great stuff that we could go back and because uh, we've covered clearance in the past. We have. Not, not mm -hmm. too long ago. So this will help for that. So anyway, he's still working on these. And when they get done, we'll announce them and maybe have them on to talk about them. And we'll be sure to post them so that you can all enjoy them and benefit from them. And amaze all your friends. Did you take out a lot of his tanks? Any of his tanks? No. I missed that part. Nope, I actually didn't. AT you know, I, 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 guns. I, I had these AT guys. They did nothing. Um, well, no. And I had I had my forty-five double L in uh, in one spot uh, that did take a couple of shots, and um, it actually took a shots at some of his squads. But his tanks had already moved past. You didn't get a bunch of side shots. No. Nope. To spring on them. Nope. And then the other 45 L was just, uh, double L was in a wrong position because he came on. Yeah, you know, all the way over there. Yeah. So unfortunately right. not. I probably could have, if I had been thinking, limbered the guns, their quick setup, and moved them into position. But I was so stunned by the fact that he was coming down, all of everybody <laughs> coming down that side. I mean, that's that's a trick I really hadn't thought of, and just plowing through the woods like he did. So... Anyway, that's what I've been playing lately. And I have not been playing ASL lately. So I haven't played. I went to Ireland. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what my excuse is. My friends have been a little busy. I've been doing some D&D &D stuff, right? Yeah, right. Uh, guys' nights. Uh, but I'll get on it. So Yes, so we'll have some more for you for, for y'all later. Hey, Dave, this was a great idea to get out of the house for a change and come to this cool nightclub. This is really amazing, Jeffrey, except I am blinded by the disco ball. Well, as soon as your eyes get back and adjust to the light, look at those girls over there. Oh, I can see them now. Look at them, Jeffrey. Maybe they would go out with us. Do you think they would? They would never go out with us. What do we have to offer them? Maybe we could offer them some Bounding Fire Productions products. Oh, why, of course, Bounding Fire produces only the best thoroughly play-tested, action-packed scenarios mm -hmm. and campaigns. Mm -hmm. They're committed to customer service. That's right. How could anybody possibly resist something from Bounding Fire Productions? They could not. We could give them our lines, you know, our pickup lines, like, um... Hey, girls, you want to go into the rubble? Oh, that's a good one, Dave. Or how about if I said, hey, ladies... Let's go to the high ground. Oh, that would work every time. We can put the Operation Cobra into work here now. 
to help us achieve our objective, Schmidt, with these <laughs> lovely ladies. <laughs> That's so good. That's really good, Dave. Good thinking. Maybe they would want to see our crucible of steel. Oh, especially mine. I think so. And by the end of the night, Poland would be in flames. Oh, it's going to be a hot one tonight, Jeffrey. Let's go over there and talk to them. I'm so excited. Uh, Come on. Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Hey, ladies. Uh, Do you want to go maybe not just to the beach, but beyond the beachhead? Ow! Well, should we jump into the interviews and just end with a bunch of those? And Let's do. Go we out on this episode. Some really great interviews coming up, so right. uh, stay tuned for those. Here we are in a room full of strangers rolling lots of dice. Come on, Dave, join in. I don't know what it's you're doing. A, the Bee Gees, Nights on Broadway. Do you know that, oh, Dave? Yeah. Coleman? Blaming it all on the nights on Broadway. Eh. Uh, I'm at a loss. Zach, are the you at a loss? Barry I Gibb? know who the Bee Gees are, oh but beyond gosh. that, he's too young. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, welcome everybody. No Bee Gees. This is the big episode number 199. No? Oh, 200. 200. I can't Jeff. count. I can't count. <laughs> 200. I'm to count past 199. It's so special we had to leave the broadcast foxhole and come on down to the ASL Open or up to the ASL Open. And uh, Hilton in Chicago, Illinois. It's, uh, Holiday Are we Inn. actually in Chicago? Yeah. Holiday, Holiday in Chicago. Inn. O'Hare's in yeah. Chicago. Yeah. Legally. Okay. Yeah. Officially the Cumberland oh. O'Hare. We'll ask you to sit close to the mic, gentlemen. And Zach, we have with us Dave Goldman. Go ahead, Dave. Tell us where we are. Officially, we are at the Cumberland O'Hare Holiday Inn. Yeah. It is Which a fine facility. We have, t- we have two rooms. That Two are rooms. nearly filled with ASL players yeah. this weekend. Yep. Room and for more. That, that's so grab a plane and get every, over here. Everyone Charter is a flight. In, everyone is invited. Charter a flight. Come on down. And that's Zach. You've heard Zach Emerton's. Uh, he's going to have to leave soon to go get his game in, whereas Dave Goldman is in charge. He has nothing to do all day. And you may remember Zach from the Passel Club. We did record a few after actions or conversations. And, and, and me and Rich talked about uh, the, uh, was it Sheldon Estuary fight that we had? Right. Yes. Yep. We actually so we came on down to the broadcast yep. foxhole at Jeff's. Yeah. So, and Zach left us and went to Kentucky. Kentucky. Is there an ASL then, in Kentucky? Uh, no. If you go on the, there's a uh, ASL, I think like a Google map thing where there's a pin for people who play ASL and to put themselves on there. And where I was in western Kentucky is like a void. Like you just see, like oh. Cincinnati's got some people, there's some guys in Indianapolis, Nashville, you know, St. Louis. Uh, but that, that west Kentucky, southern Illinois, southwest Indiana, just a void. Unless oh. somebody obviously is on this radio and tell you otherwise. Is that bourbon region? Uh, there is two distilleries. I think I was in uh, Owensboro, Kentucky, living there. Um, but yeah. the the good ones you got to go into the bluegrass. About oh, okay. An hour and a half west. I right. believe that one of the Very early East. winners of the ASL Open, Rich Summers, was originally from Wisconsin, and his next venue, I believe, was in fact Kentucky. But he has sort of dropped off the map. But you know, since you're not in Kentucky anymore, we can't use you for a search party to find Rich Summers. Well, I spent seven months trying to search for a person in there. I actually, uh, on, I think it was Facebook, 
or maybe Craigslist, I saw somebody selling an MMP, selling an MMP game, and uh, I talked with the guy, and I literally bought this MMP game, one of the other games, off of him, just so I could go meet this guy and try and talk him into playing ASL. <laughs> How'd that work out? Borders, I on, bought, borders I, on creepy. Yeah, a little bit. I think it's clever. Yeah. I, I bought the game. I, we and how many it. times did you follow him home and stalk him after uh, that? Three times. <laughs> uh, then there was something about a restraining something or other. <laughs> and so that was the end of that. But, oh, too bad. You know. So he never did so no, game? But, yeah, we never got yeah. around to it. He seemed receptive to the idea, but then when you... Facebook message somebody, hey, yeah. would you like to meet in a random place and play a board game <laughs> with this guy you just met? On, you know, it didn't work out. Well, but, you know, but, you know, you said this guy that you just met. You forgot the other adjective, strange guy that you just met. <laughs> By another, I was the strange guy meeting a strange guy. Yeah, yeah well, you know, strangers in the night, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, Laura always had a question with me, with strange people coming to the house. You know, they'd contact us on the Half Squad's mm-hmm. Gmail. And I'd say, well, put you on the list and show on up at the house. That's how I met Jeff. You know, Zach, that's how I met you, right? Everybody. Yeah, that's how I got into it. Was uh, I was in law school and I liked war games and stuff, but I didn't have any money. And squad leader is relatively cheap. You know, hundred bucks and you could play, get yeah. beyond Val and probably play for years actually. Uh, so I was on the internet, looking around. I found Joe Pelham's group. Yep, Northwest. Yeah, uh, and. Uh, he just happened to be having a game day like that month or something like it really worked out so I drove from Naperville to Wakanda which is like an hour to go to a random guy's house that I never yep. met <laughs> knock on the door knock on the door and hang out in his basement uh, <laughs> along with all the other people along with yes. all the other guys yeah. who were often found the same way so then I was playing uh, I was sitting next to Eric Ortega at some point in the night and uh, or in the Southwest the Outpost. Well, it, that wasn't. This is actually also the story of the Southwest Outpost. Was I'm like, well, I'm in oh, Naperville. You're in Naperville. And, or at the time, I was in Naperville. He's in Romeoville. So we're like, oh yeah, you know, you me, yeah. They're both Vils. Yep, they're both Vils. <laughs> both of them are in Will County. Um, so we started playing, and then we picked up Bill Ford, uh, who's yeah, here today. He's pretty avid. Now he got his son playing. And he got his son playing. And that's then Eric got the uh, the church where we were playing in, and then. Apparently everybody in the southwest of DuPage or of uh, the Chicagoland area came out of the woodwork, and that's how we got started. Yeah, although so. he uh, Ortega's taking a break from leadership, I think he got someone else new in there. Uh, he, from my understanding, is his work schedule now makes it so he can't do weekend club meetings. So since we were playing at his church, that kind of killed the whole right venue. So it's kind of. Yeah, yeah, and again, I have not run a passel in a long time, and I think I'm just going to wait. Retirement is really a year and a half away. I know it sounds long, but to me it's like I'm going to be so free then that I'll probably start running on a regular date, maybe even twice a month, and see how it goes. But I still got everybody on the list and the email list. Well, and if you have game days, In the summer, I'll probably pull one in the summer. Yeah. But it's good to have you back in Springfield, Illinois. Holding on the Keeping our government working. Yes, keep doing everything I can to grease the wheels of uh, legislation. <laughs> Which is a big job if you're a Republican, and it's an easier job if you're a Democrat in Illinois. <laughs> yes, yes it Seeing is. Seeing as how the legislature is controlled by the Democrats. Right, and you can, if you're the Republicans, you could just watch it go by and can't really do a whole heck of a lot. <laughs> just voice your opinion yeah. so it's heard. Although, uh, in the... De- 
in the Democrats' defense as far as uh, it being easy, you actually have to think about what you're passing because it's going to become law, whereas the Republicans could just file a bill. <laughs> and it's going to go nowhere, but you've made the nice gesture. You know, so. But there is, there is actually a lot of bi bipartisan stuff that doesn't, caught, doesn't cross or cross lines, you know. Yeah. But that's not the sexy stuff either. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'd say it's Chicago. No. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, ASL has a lot in common with the political process. People Thank you for segueing us back <laughs> onto the topic, Dave. <laughs> Kudos to Dave Goldman right now. Because we've been debating changes in the rule book from day one to till the end of time that right. will continue. Yeah. As a matter of fact, probably after the last ASL player really stops playing, there'll still be rules debates on the internet. <laughs> I wonder if uh, various regions should send delegates to Baltimore <laughs> to, to debate a new ASL rule book at MMP. I'm not well, sure that would have any effect on the uh, Would the Honorable MMP. Kleinschmidt from Illinois please be recognized yeah. to discuss the topic of vehicle bypass lease? <laughs> Yeah, not one of my favorites when it goes against me, that's for sure. I'm not yeah. sure Perry would recognize us if we were. He would. He, he would. He certainly would. If we wore the hats and waved the little flags, maybe. That's right. We could have a constitutional convention. We could. Yes. yes. It wouldn't necessarily pass anything, but we could have the yeah. convention. We could have, be, I'm all in for conventions. Whatever hey, Dave, reason. We, we, we had covered on the show previously when it uh, may have been last year's tournament when you would come up with your own house rules. Are those still in effect here? Well, we, we, tried made, them optional. we made them optional and uh, caused a great deal of confusion because the sheet didn't say optional and some people thought right, they right, were right, mandatory. Right. I don't think it ah. did say optional. Yeah, yeah. so now they, the sheet has been revised and it says optional. And next year I think we're going to just... Eliminate it altogether because it's not really being used. Good. All right, folks, Thanks. I've got to get back to a uh, wonderful French and German fight. So um, I'll, All right. maybe can I'll talk I, to you guys. Can later. I ask you to put your name on this list? Everybody that we interview today, we're going to get their name and we're going to give away some prizes at the end of the day. And that, oh, I didn't that would entice people to come and sit with us. Tell all your friends. Because otherwise, well, then, who would bother other than Zach? Other than me. So keep yeah. that in mind. Yeah. I did this out of my own. Good goodness of your without heart. knowing free will. something involved. Okay, then is there free will involved in so, ASL? <laughs> well, uh, that's a good question. Or predetermination. Because even if a butterfly moves its wings, it's going to affect and everything email. else in the universe. That's right. And you can't stop it. So, but I liked your rules. You're saying you may not do it. I guess it's just people coming from far away. Don't yeah, well, uh, there are some excellent tweaks to take certain really bad effects yeah. of ASL. And you don't need to tick me. Uh, out of the, the second out of the red card. <laughs> the second red card is the list, cheap I one. Yeah. And uh, repairing the critical gun and all that sort of stuff. That was but great. by and large, uh, there are George Turnemeyer's rules that he came up oh, with. Oh, okay. I did not come up with them because okay. I'm nowhere near that clever. Oh, okay. I don't think we credited him last time, so yeah. thank you for doing that. And, uh, you know, but I'm people are mostly satisfied with just playing the rule book. Yeah. That's what I've found over the years. Yeah. Is George still with us as a player? Oh, yes. He okay. was here last year oh, at okay. the tournament. Um, couldn't get away this year. Um, I think uh, I heard that he has a new supervisor or something, so... You know, his nose has to be to the grind this time oh. around. So he got remarried, what, you mean? No. Oh. At work. Oh, at work. Actual okay. work where he's okay. paid. <laughs> All right. That's the rumor that I heard. Okay. Okay. So, George, if you're out there listening, call in and 
correct direction. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to do the same thing. So the turnout is uh, lighter this year. A little lighter this year, yeah. yeah. We have uh, 39 people who play the game, I being one of them. Uh, and typically we have in the mid-40s. And I know for a fact that a whole bunch of people who regularly attend just had something this year. So I'm not overly concerned about the fact that it's down about six yeah. attendees. And, um, you know, these things happen. And I can't tell you that next year it wouldn't be the same, or we might have more than mid-40s next year. Yeah, and I, and I don't think it matters that much. It's two, two big rooms full of guys playing ASL. This That's is right. a, this we a have great room, thing to see. We have room to accommodate, if I remember correctly. We have uh, 18 times uh, four. So that's 72 tables, 72 yeah. places for people to play. Now, if we had that many, number one, I'd be ecstatic and overjoyed and probably um, wouldn't understand how we all got all those extra players. Yeah. But we also would probably have a problem in storing all the equipment in the room yeah. because it would be very, very crowded. And I've been at tournaments where it's been very crowded, and one of the nice things about the ASL Open is we have two rooms, so it's relatively quieter. It doesn't have the same background din that right. when you're in all in one room. We're also off the beaten track in the hotel, so we're at the end of a corridor on the second floor. So we don't have people just wandering by, which is always a little off-putting. Uh, you know, because we're snobs. Well, we're not snobs. Oh. We're just interrupted. I'm thinking, of, I'm thinking you know, of myself. Having to explain, you know, yes, this is a real yeah. niche kind of category of gaming, and you don't see it too much anymore. Yeah. And also, it's embarrassing, you know, we have a series of rather large American Caucasian males uh, wearing T-shirts that have weird things on them. <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, and you have to uh, accommodate, you know, passersby as to explanations. And they all have rather quizzical looks yeah. when they enter the room and ask the question, and when they leave, they're thoroughly confused. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I was, uh, it's funny you should say that, because I was coming up the elevator, uh, I was just getting ready to get on the elevator, and I have a couple of prizes to give away, and so this was sitting face up on top of the box uh, with the death's head drawing on there, and I thought, like, who, if somebody saw that, and just think, yeah, what kind of weird stuff is going on at this hotel? Well, so I turned it over. Yeah, and uh, you didn't get arrested, and you made it here nicely, so that's a good thing. Probably think we're just with the NRA. That could be. (laughs) But I'm bummed. So 39 is still a good turnout, and oh, yeah. this is not your primary source of income, so it's not, yeah, right. no longer is it your primary source of income. Yes, I've graduated to other things yeah. in the practice of law. Yeah. <laughs> good for you. Good for you. And we have some people from overseas, yeah, we at least have a couple. one from Sweden. Okay. And that's Magnus. Hopefully. So it's an international tournament. It has, for the last five or six years, we've had at least one person from overseas. Yeah. Usually only one person from overseas, George Turnemeyer being one, and trying to remember who else made it. I'll come up with names later. Yeah. You know, which is you know, probably Matthias the theme of... I'm sorry? Matthias? You know, Matthias came, came once, if I remember yeah. correctly. Um, you know, which is, given the aging ASL set, it's always, why did I come into this room, or... Can I remember this name? Yeah. And, of course, remembering the rule book is always a problem. Yeah. 
Well, that's why I asked you if George is still with us, because given the aging population, we need to start checking. I hate to say that, but, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. people... Yeah, they drop out. And they drop out. There's one big reason why a person would drop out and never come back. And we don't like that one. No, we don't like that one yeah. at all. Yeah, that's biting the big one, as yeah. they say. Yeah. Let me see if I can rustle up someone else so you don't have to chat with me the whole entire time. Okay. Oh, that'd be great. Well, yeah. uh, first, a quick update. Uh, you started, wait, the first oh, yeah. games were Friday night. Thursday. Thursday night. Thursday. Yeah. One. Friday one. Friday two. Two. Saturday yeah, two. changed since, okay. And then Sunday one. Okay, and who's in the lead now, do we know? Well, Brett Hildebrand uh, won last year. He starts number one seed, and he has yet to lose a game. Okay. So he's still number one. Brett's the one to beat. Brett is the one to beat. And we will potentially have a round where two four-and-one players play for the championship, assuming that... There's two other undefeated players, if I remember correctly, in this round. If they, one of whom cannot, you know, uh, advance because they're playing each other. Uh, so if all the undefeated players lose a game, then the final round is going to be very, very weird. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's a computer scoring system, 10 points for a win. You get a point for every victory of the person who you defeated. So if you defeat a person who was 4-1, and one, you're going to get 14 points that round, but that would be the last round. But if you defeat somebody today who is 3-1, and one, and then they win their next game, you're still going to get that 14th point because ah. you'll get it in the next round because the subsequent rounds wins of somebody you defeated, you get a point for each one of those wins. Which is why you need a computer to do it, because it's impossible to do yeah. it by hand. It reminds me a little of uh, Hillary and Trump. Because? Uh, you know, there's a possibility to win. Oh, the popular vote? Uh, yeah, the popular vote, but not the tournament. And what are the chances that I could win the tournament? Well, uh, <laughs> come next year, start in round one, and oh, we'll okay. figure it out after okay. that. So for this year, it's probably out. No, very little chance for me to win this year. Okay. All right. Dave, when you need to scratch your ASL itch, uh -huh. where do you where do you go? I have to go somewhere where there's fast service. Yes. Somewhere where the store clerks are very nice. Nice clerks, yep. Somewhere where I'm going to get good ASL bang for my buck. Yep. And selection. And free shipping. X. So... Here's where I go. Where do you go, Jeff? I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret. Don't tell anybody. Ritter Creek. What is that again? Ritter Creek. Ritter Creek. Rittercreek.com. They've got selection. They've got fast shipping. They've got, what was the other thing you asked for? Friendly clerks. Friendly clerks. I'm talking friendly. <laughs> They're great at Ritter Creek. they got all kinds of stuff. It's a great website to go and peruse around and... ASL stuff galore. And free shipping now. Free shipping. Who which can is, possibly yeah. beat that? Now, we want you to go to your local neighborhood gaming store and support them any way you can. If you got one anymore. But if there's ASL to be had, go to Ritter Creek. RitterCreek.com. Yeah. Hey, Dave, we snagged somebody in our net. You mean like on the 
Oh, live here in the yeah, studio. Yeah, live here in the studio yeah. at the ASL <laughs> Open. And we have so joining thanks for us stopping by, guys. now to get two guys finished their game early. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yes. And your name is? John McDermott. And come closer to the mic there. Great. And yeah. John, you're not related to Jim McDermott, my friend from college. No, probably not. Okay. <laughs> It's a and, funny spelling. And we have Chris Edwards. Chris Edwards. And you've not been on the show before. No. We haven't met you before. Or you met Jeff, you think. Uh, right? I've met Jeff at the Open a few times. Okay. Yeah. I might have seen you at Aslock or another tournament, but I don't think we've ever met. Okay, yeah. We were at Aslock several years ago. We don't get out a lot. <laughs> but anyway, they just stopped by. <laughs> they you finished don't let the, you out a lot. You, you <laughs> finished the game early, and you um, are now going to play a intermediary game because and I was well we surprised. actually switched opponents so I'm, I'm playing a different fellow okay is it Spilky over there doing. yeah I, I'll be playing Spilky oh okay yes. oh, so cool. I'm playing in a mini tournament and whoever the uh, winner of the other sort of semi-final or whatever it is is um, who I'm playing next okay and then depending on how early they finish we might play a different scenario from the list because we'll have more time to do that right right so the format changed would you uh, elaborate for us again the format used to be uh, a game two games on friday three on saturday and one on sunday and last year they switched to a thursday game two friday two saturday one sunday and so the the nice thing about that is you don't get so much crammed into one day and and overload and another nice thing is that they don't have to be as you said the John, you said the real small scenarios. Yeah, like a lot of players now that we've been playing tournaments for a long time like tournament-sized scenarios, but there's only so many that are reasonably balanced, and the small tournament-sized scenarios are um, permanently avoided by the better players in the game if we have a choice. Because you don't want to lose on one roll. And there aren't as many, despite the number of scenarios that are now put out, not all scenarios are well-balanced. And there's only so many good, smaller scenarios you can do, but one roll can win you or, or lose you a game. I, I much prefer to lose on men, more than one roll. Correct. <laughs> Correct. That's yeah. doesn't mean you don't lose on a single roll, but... How many boxcars can you roll? Well... You didn't roll I, badly. I, I had trouble with eights well. and nines. I had trouble with eights and nines. In our, yeah, then in there's always scenario. when the, the, the good rolls always come when you don't really want them. I did, I, did, I did manage three... Heat of battles, two of them in the same hex on the same turn. Oh, <laughs> so that was that was exciting. That's unusual. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I do hear what you're saying, right? Trying to get uh, the the small scenarios are considered dicey because mm-hmm. if well, uh, sniper kills your nine egg two and it, there's only so many turns. If you only have a five turn scenario with eight squads, one bad roll or one good roll can overwhelm the entire balance of a right. scenario. Yeah. So given the choice from most of the better players who I know, we almost all invariably try to avoid those scenarios, which is why tournaments like Aslock have the advantage of not being fixed, uh, fixed Shortly. playlists. So it allows you to sort of avoid ones that you don't um, have those kind of results as often. It doesn't mean they don't happen. It doesn't mean you don't necessarily have bad results. And one big roll can win or lose a scenario still, but... Yes, right, right. Yeah, because I, I played the first round against Doug Kirk in uh, a very big one, Tigers and Flames. There's 20-plus Russian squads, 11 Russian tanks, and the Germans have around 20 squads and, you know, six or seven or eight AFE killers. And it went down to the last close combat role that, he beat, that I missed on a 4-to-1 close combat on a leader. Um, so it, it's still one role that balanced the, or decided the scenario, but it's not like one role early 
and threw, threw it all off. off. Right, right, right. Or even a, just a series of bad rolls. I guess when you got six squads and you have three of them break, mm-hmm. it, a, a flank yeah, opens the, up and somebody's. It, it was tough for me this, doing this stuff. game because that happened. I had I had some uh, three squads in the front that were supposed to delay him a little bit. They both they all died on the first turn and. Okay, now what can I do? Because that that was supposed to last more than one turn. <laughs> or kill more than a half squad. Or kill more than a half squad. I think I striped two of your Japanese and, and killed a half squad. Because you two played each other. Yes, correct. Should have lasted in long. What scenario was it? The melee near the coast or at the coast? Jeff's got his background noise going. He's trying to get us on Facebook. I'm sorry, which one was it? Uh, Melee near, near, near the coast, yeah. It's okay. a BFP blood and jungle scenario. Oh, okay. Yeah, we have that. We need to play more. It's it's a very <laughs> good do. scenario. It's mm-hmm. very well balanced, and it can also have these kind of results. Bounty Fire, our sponsor. <laughs> now, Rich is stalking in the background because he's got his defense set up, and he wants to take away Rich. No, Chris. Kurt, Chris. But we're not going to let him take Chris yet. No, he's going to say There's something. There's another guy that wants to interview with you, but he wants to know a time so he can prepare oh. for the scenario he's playing. He wants you to give him an approximate time. Oh. Um, is he ready now? And he wants me to be involved. He oh. wants me to introduce him. Well, when are you guys available? I'm yeah. available any time. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's asking for a time. So you can you kick us out any time. We're fine. Well, uh, how about 12, <laughs> 12.15? That's 25 minutes. Done. And then okay. we've got to get lunch in, too. <gasps> Don't forget. Oh, we all, we doing all have to right go right to now. lunch. Yeah. I'm going to do lunch to go because I'm playing Christmas games. So. Oh, okay. okay. But anyway, I'll tell them 1215. Jeff, Jeff and I just come to these to go out with people to lunch. Right. <laughs> and have a nice sit-down meal. That's Rich right. Rich is much more professional about this. He, his lunch does not interfere He's with committed. his gaming. Right? <laughs> he is definitely committed. He's getting his lunch to go, he just told me. So. Is it to yes, go to yes. go here? Yes. While he's going to eat while he's playing you? Okay. I don't know. I'll find well, out. You could listen back to some episodes. No, he will not eat while he's playing. Yeah, because he... On our show, he's because uh, he's local. He's mm-hmm. on a lot, and uh, he definitely is an anti greasy finger. Kind yeah. of oh yeah, we don't person. want to do that. Rich oh. is like a camel. He stores up uh, all of his food ahead of time, and then he'll play <laughs> straight through six, seven, eight so hours. What? He, he plays a game chewing his cud. You said yeah, he does. <laughs> he, he does. He's the guy is a force of nature. He's okay, like, ruminating. He, he, he brings new force meaning to the, to, the, to the metaphor ruminating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's something. Yeah. So you guys have been here often? I have only, this is the first time I've been here in almost 20 years. I came here um, either late 90s or around 2000, uh, but work normally interferes with me being able to come to this tournament. I go to Aslock almost every year, and I've started going to um, Albany the last three or four years. Okay, so John, are you from East? Toronto. Toronto. Oh, from Canada. Yes. Um, so, yes, Toronto's in Canada. Canada. It is. Wow, were you looking for confirmation uh, on that? He, he wanted a. Yeah. He wanted a check. Not the other Toronto, but the one in Canada. <laughs> there are Torontos the, the outside Canada. of Canada. But that's yes. Toronto. Yes. He's, he's out from Vancouver. That's in Italy. Okay, oh, Toronto. Yeah, or Victoria. That's right. Yes, that's right. George Kelm. Okay, and we, yes, we've interviewed him. Yeah. He's yes. got a whole episode dedicated to just himself. So, but it's good that you've made yeah. it out. So you're not a local. We can't get you gaming with us on weekends. <laughs> No, it's a little far. It was an 11-hour drive coming here, so no, I'm not coming here on a local event very often. <laughs> Just to do the interview and go to lunch. <laughs> and then, Chris, you are I'm from... from near Oshkosh, Wisconsin. You're close. Just a couple hours. I've been here, I think, I think I've missed two years in the last 20 Okay. Oh, so, wow. so I should have met you, Barb. I'm sure we, we have, have, and I just can't remember. Although I'm usually down with the bottom feeders. 
that's usually where I am. Well, and I don't, uh, oh, and I don't actually play much. We just like to, you know, right, right. again, we'll talk about Rich behind his back. Rich was, um, <laughs> you guys are going to come record. And we're like, well, it's a big 200. We've got to do something special. This is about as special as it gets. Uh-huh. And he's like, we're going to get a game in, right? You're going to play some other people. I'm like, Jeff and I looked at him and went, no, no. We don't care. You can yeah, tag team. We, we brought this each, to set each up. Each one of you play a phase. You know, yeah. yeah. We're just not, you know, we're coming Might to. Might not work well. Come to meet everybody. Come mm-hmm. to talk. Doing the show is more important than us getting a game in anyway. Right. But, um. Although with a new format, you may have the ability. Well, yeah, with this interesting mm-hmm. gap in the middle. Well, and it, you depend, guys play it depends. Game. It depends on, um. How fast the scenario goes. So, I mean, if you're playing a larger, like, the, the, the scenarios in the first day, Thursday, were very long, generally. The scenarios on the second morning, Friday morning, were reasonably long. The scenarios last night are, are shorter. The ones tonight are shorter because it's the, the, the round's supposed to go from 6 p.m. till approximately midnight. This round could theoretically have been longer. Most of the listed scenarios were four to six hours, giving people a little more rest. But you could have chosen to play a 10-hour scenario if you wished. So if, if for the morning here. The, the morning here. Because most, there's the room to keep going into the There afternoon. is, but most people later in tournaments don't want to play the huge scenarios because you're tired. Mm-hmm. I want sleep. I don't want more. Yeah, the fatigue. The fa- that's what always hit mm-hmm. me with the three in a day, the time I did it. Well, I, you know. the, like, well, the old, old days back before I was at Oktoberfest when they used to play the most wins won the tournament. I think the first couple of years were oh. like that. So they used to play very short scenarios like Aachen's Paul, which was wild at the time. Yes. And you could play it in an hour to an hour and a half. Strays. And they would play these scenarios ten times in one day. <laughs> wow. And if you finished seven and three, you got seven wins. So that was like the very, very first couple of ass locks. Okay. Um, when, but they, they changed it since then. I think about Aslock 3 when Plevin, McGrath people started showing up. They, uh, they, they took away from that who can win the most games in a day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you've both been playing fairly long in the hobby here? I began about 98. I was playing squad leader. Mid-90s. So most of my has been ASL. Yeah. I played Squad Leader back when it was uh, Cross of Iron came out in high school mm-hmm. and pl- started playing a little bit of um, Advanced Squad Leader in the around 1990, 91. And then in Toronto, a local club showed up and people started playing. And um, I was playing a lot and pretty good and was winning a lot. And then we'd go down to Oktoberfest to discover that when you think you're a good player, you get to play the really good players. <laughs> you yeah, find out you're not. And yes. then I came to this uh, open, as I said, like let's just say it's 20 years ago, and because of the area rating system they were using at the time, I was somehow the highest rated player in the world, which was um, <laughs> a little false when I knew Plevin McGrath were at the tournament, and they knew they were going to kick my ass if I got to play them. So <laughs> in any case, I started out that first tournament losing the first two rounds and then winning the next three or four games. And, um, you know, I, I usually finish pretty high in most tournaments, but... Winning them is difficult because of A, you're playing players as good or slightly better than you, and you have to have regular opponents, and because of work and life, I typically play eight or ten scenarios a year in Oktoberfest and Albany, and that's my year of squad leader. Wow. So when you only get to play 20, 25 times maximum, it's very difficult to stay super sharp at the top level, because you need competition to play at that level where you don't make a 
mistake. Yeah. Uh, even a little one, and that's enough to lose it. Yeah, and I had learned, too, going to Aslock, watching, uh, I remember just watching Fortenberry and some other guy play. I'm like, whoa, he's throwing smoke at that guy's kill stack? Wow. You know, I guess I knew the rules were there, never <coughs> wanted to mess with it. There's a, there are a few rules on smoke, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, that has to become <laughs> part of your official yeah. game if you're going to win, right? Certain uh, scenarios. We were talking about somebody earlier, might have been Rich, uh, doing some searching. And that's something we don't always think about. Yeah, and if you're not but, doing it, but maybe. if you if you realize if you've learned what it can do for you, then in certain situations you say to yourself, maybe I should do this. Don't forget the searching, right? Maybe I should do this. Yeah, and that that's the whole part of the game that you learn more and more. And then the the difference really is that at the top top player levels, those things you're going to do. So you also change your defense because you know they're going to do that so you don't waste your time defending that way. You then have to change the game depending on who you're playing. You don't change it a lot, but you, you stop doing the I hope I'm going to win on a Hail Mary that someone's going to leave, ignore this entire area so I can run a guy in and just walk in to instantly win. You know, yeah. you might be hipping that guy, but you have to hip him four hexes away and hope he can charge through a CX and run through six hexes to get to that last building to get into it. <laughs> no, it, it just changes it a bit, but the, 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 the difference in, in it is mostly... The top players don't make many mistakes, and the very, very best players make virtually none. Doesn't mean they're unbeatable, but they don't make like they'll pick up a scenario from scratch and analyze it better than you do, and then also don't make any mistakes playing it. Yeah. Whereas a good player who doesn't have as much practice makes a couple more mistakes, doesn't analyze it quite as well. May have may not have a route path for a group. Whatever it might be, and yeah. then or but it also depends how desperate you get. Um, you know, like at Albany last year, I was playing, and Bill Cirillo, who won the tournament, we were, we were playing, and he rolled a number of very early rolls and kept rolling snake eyes and killing all my men so that I was very desperate and moving my guys into bad positions knowing it's the only chance I have to win, and then he kept rolling snake eyes. <laughs> and my guys did not live very long. So it was over in three turns in a scenario that's normally quite close. <laughs> Oops. Well said. Mm -hmm. So then you have, um, and you're in Ontario? Yes. Um, who do you game with up there? Uh, <clears throat> y, who's here with him, Y Wong, uh, is my sort of, if you will, most regular player. Uh, there's a few other guys. Jeff Wasserman's a regular, has been going to Aslock for most of the last 25 or 30 years. Uh, and there's a, six or seven other players who are semi active who you, you meet up with once in a while. But I haven't, as I say, even played them as much as I could because until, until I quit work a, couple, a week ago, um, my typical work life, regular life is get up at 5.30 in the morning, go to work by 6, 6.15, get home by 6.30, mm -hmm. go to bed by 9, 9.30, and on the weekends uh -huh. you sort of have other stuff to do. So you don't get a lot of <laughs> squad leader time. You can't play in the evenings. You just go to yeah. bed too early. You just yeah, don't have the can. energy for it. Yeah. So that's why I only play 20 times or so a year, including tournaments where you might get 10 of those 10 of the games in. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's hard. I mean, work is the part that just kills you in life, you know, as everyone has. You know, most of us have a life other than squad leader. When you're young, you can get away with it. You know, when I was young, yeah. single. Chris is looking Chris, shocked at that last yeah. day. When I was young I and single and didn't need to sleep as much, uh, I would play in, in a couple of my very busy years. I played over 100 times a year in yeah. the mid early mid-90s. Mm -hmm. And now it's 
100 times would be four to five years worth of play. Yeah, yeah. so really, Jeff, the only reason I probably have played so much is because I'm, I'm on thousands of games and play as I'm a teacher. Yeah. So summer can hit, and even during my work day, I'm social studies, I have less papers to grade than math and language arts. Those teachers can work 50 hours. We have a math teacher just quit. She can't keep up with the work when she visits her uh, sons in the military and around places around. She comes home and she's overworked. Um, and she actually resigned early, like four years early, saying, I'm, I can't keep up, and discipline issues. But for me, social studies, I have three major papers a year. So if I'm leaving the shop at 3.30, going to the gym, still getting home at 5.30, and get up at 6. And, you know, but again, it's nice that I could get a weekend, a weeknight. We'll record on a weeknight, and then I try and game on a weeknight or once a week. And then summers, I can hit a lot of times, you know, with, with people. It also depends. Quitting. Others, but it, but it, it also depends what city you live in. What like city? I'm, in, I'm in a big city, Toronto, and um, like Chicago, similar to Chicago in many ways. And it's an hour to work, and it's an hour from work. So, and I'm at work from commute. <laughs> 7.15 in the morning till 5-ish at night, and then you have two hours on either end of it at a minimum every day. Yeah, I guess my friend's taking the train downtown. Yeah, That's gonna, they're, I'm at work in 18 minutes, and yep. they're on the train for an hour. And some Chicago. teachers are just exhausted from protesting and striking. <laughs> well, those ones certainly, about time they started. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> 10000 a year with no I jest, I jest. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, so then your background, what comes from... I, I'm teaching college, okay. math, <laughs> and stat, and uh, I don't work as hard as a high school math teacher might. Um, we teach generally three classes a semester. High school, you're doing probably six. Yeah, I'm, and I'm middle school. I'm middle but, um, school. Are you... Um, so so I, you do have, I do have time um, during the summer. I don't have to uh, teach if I don't want to it's, it's a voluntary thing so there's summer classes or some people will teach summer classes as part of their load but most people teach summer classes as an extra yeah and then um, and you've been doing that your whole life education well pretty much yeah. what kind I, of math i can't remember being young so yes it's been <laughs> my whole life uh statistics is actually perfect. my background I, I was perfect for asl uh actually yes uh, i i really have a fun time creating uh, elaborate spreadsheets to do things like the campaign game rules where you have to pay attention to how many particular infantry squads you've purchased yeah. or the, the moon phase this this turn or this day and uh, uh, engineering a, a beautiful spreadsheet is, is uh, a pastime <laughs> for me it's, it's not work it's, it's pleasurable and then when I'm all done I have this product that will help me manage a campaign you're not going to play in the near future. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I have, I have unfortunately done that a few times, but uh, I, I have used it. Um, uh, my regular partner Doug Robidoux and I played uh, some Valor of the Guards uh, campaign game, and we used a spreadsheet I created, and it, it helped. It, it at least helped me. I can't yeah. say for Doug, yeah, fascinating. yeah, it helps me uh, it keep torture. track of it, what. It was torture. <laughs> was that Rubidoux? That's Rubidoux, yeah. Um, we actually live in the same small town. Okay, because so I was going to ask who else you game yeah, with. It's amazing that uh, we have that connection. Uh, I actually introduced him to the game. We were in a meeting 
a, a committee meeting that we were involved with. He, he, he was the debate teacher. Okay. So we have nothing in common professionally uh, other than we were on a, a student committee. And, and he said, what's that, what's that game you play? And I, apparently he had seen me lugging some materials around, maybe the, the, the tome. Uh, so I, I brought in the rule book for him, and he looked it over, and he said, "I think I could, I could get into this." And so he, I think he like the next day bought the rule book <laughs> and Beyond Valor, and maybe Starter Kid. I don't know. He, he, he just jumped right in, and he's and, hooked, and, and he it hooked him. So that was that was convenient for us. Yeah, who else is up around there playing? And then my son, I have been bringing here him here since two thousand three or so, and. Uh, this is about his only uh, gaming is, is when he comes here, so he plays maybe five games a year, but uh, has a great time and, and seems to enjoy it. He watched me uh, when he was maybe eight or nine uh, playing squad leader by email. And it was before. It yeah, was before Vassal. Before Vassal. Yeah. And so I would, I would get my email for the day and bring it home, print it out, and then set the pieces up. <laughs> move them as the uh, opponent told me to and then I'd write down what I was going to do and type it up the next day and email, email so it So not by email, by actual mail. By email. But you'd print it out. I printed it out to yeah. take it home. Yeah, okay. And then I'd set it up. And, and, but he'd watch me push the counters around and I'd tell him about the dice rolls and the men and the terrain and he, he Got found it interesting. Wow. So by the time he was 15, he was ready to do the ASL thing. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. He liked the squad leader. Just, maybe just the, the, I think all of us, we've got this little fantasy world where we're pretending to be in there. That the, yeah. These are the men. We're pretending the story they're telling as they go over the hill. And Yeah, that's and, a lot of it for me. And, right. of course, the history, and, I just learned. Some, I always liked World War II, of course, you know, being a little kid playing in the backyard. Right. And with a stick, right? <clears throat> and then I got you. so much more about it. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. You fall down. Yeah. <laughs> no, you didn't. Rah, rah, rah. No, I have armor on. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so anything else you guys would like to add today? No. No. no thank uh, you for this uh, wonderful opportunity. Well, thank you for helping us fill up <laughs> airtime <laughs> and having so much meaningful stuff to say. Sounded I mean, really good. Good thoughts on on the whole tournament and the game plan and the day well, and all that. It's, it's 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 changed a lot as we've gotten older mm-hmm. because basically going to Oktoberfest or any of these tournaments, it's generally the majority of the people are the same people from twenty plus years ago, but now we're twenty years older, yeah. and so we're a lot more. <laughs> Uh, we're a lot less competitive, a lot less um, driven, and certainly want our sleep a lot more than we used to. <laughs> and there are more pill bottles. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, correct. You know, the, the, the all-night finals in Oktoberfest, like when, when uh, Bendis, no, sorry, it was uh, McGrath played um, um, Pleva, and they played Hill 621. Oh, my. Uh-huh. And they basically played it for like 18 hours till 4 the next morning, and... <laughs> I think uh, McGrath was drunk and Pleva had a massive cold and it went on and on and on forever and you go like no one would consider doing that no. anymore no not an option so anyway thanks guys for, thanks for a lot, coming guys. thank you well I think that'll that was a great interview a uh, couple of interviews there nice talk to those guys at the ASL Open yeah amazing stuff history yeah. of the game yeah getting to meet players and yeah shows you the community that exists and et cetera et cetera yeah so I guess that'll wrap it up for this episode. Episode 200 is in the can, as in, they say. Oh, oh, um, audio. Can we throw on these audio tracks quickly? Oh, yes, from the callers? Yes. Yes. 
Let's yep. put those right in here. Jeff and Dave, this is Larry from Indianapolis. I was so happy to hear that you're going beyond 200 episodes. You make most of, well, you make all of us so much happier to hear that that and to, and to calm our nerves about it. So thank you again. Keep up the great work. Congratulations on the full load. Wow, thank you, Larry. We're That's nice, Larry. Glad to know we can calm people's nerves about yeah. playing a complicated game yeah. by exposing our own idiocy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, thanks for that call. Really appreciate that. And there's also one from Alan there. Okay. Hey, guys. Very glad to hear you're going to be running past 200 episodes. I really couldn't bear to face up to the end of the show, to be honest with you. That was uh, getting me pretty depressed. Anyhow, thanks for keeping things going. And I love Dave's mustache. All the best. Bye. Thanks, Alan. I enjoyed that mustache, too. Yeah. <laughs> it was in the picture. Yeah. It's gone I like now. that one, too. That um, was cool. And, yep, yeah, we'll be happy to keep you going for a while. Yeah, always nice to hear from our friend Alan Hume in Scotland. Oh, I was just in Ireland. I should have said hi to him. Oh, and also, yeah. <laughs> sorry, what? Yeah. Same thing, Ireland, Scotland. No, well, I could have hopped over the, you could the have water. Hopped over the water. Um, he could have come over. The Vikings did it. I'm sure he's got a boat. He probably does. A boat. He's got a boat. So, a listener, I, I went to. I'm, I, I'm restarting Passel for the summer. That's Sent the a, Palatine ASL group. Yes. <laughs> Send a, invites. Said, hey, if anyone wants off this list, there's like 18 of us, and we only get like six. But you know, feel free to stay on. Feel free to drop and come back later. And a guy said, go ahead and drop me, Dave. I moved to Dublin. No kidding. <laughs> I was like, I was just That's in Dublin. That's after you got back from days. Ireland? Yeah. Yeah. So too bad. He, I'm sure now we could have met him for, for, for lunch. You right? probably could have. You know, yeah. and next time, I know Laura likes to do the the Airbnb and stuff like that and find you some some nice places to stay and all that. But next time you're going to travel, you should announce it to our ASL pals. And I bet everywhere you go, you'll find open arms. Uh-huh. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Do we have one from Jackson Kwan? I think we do. Let's hear that. Hello, Jeff and Dave. This is Jackson here. Dan Dolan gave me a heads up about this interview with you guys. But according to your uh, favorite website, um, Desperation Morale, it seems to me that Firefall Effects actually done by Rob Wokey. Uh, and then a certain Mark Hanna actually did a fan scene called oh, yeah. At The Point. Just thought you guys should know. Uh, hope everything else is going well. Great job with the podcast as usual. Thank you. Perfect. That relates to the interviews we're going to be putting up. Yeah. Great. Thank you, Jackson, for uh, correcting us. Thank you. We rely on our listeners. We're not like Jeopardy, where they have a pan <laughs> panel of specialists and very smart fact checkers there on staff to keep everybody on the up and up. I love these. So uh, we love guys like Jackson. Yes, we do. So, all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you all. Time to sign off and say roll low. Roll low and rally well. But, but not, not when, when you're, you're playing, playing us. us. Bye, Bye. everybody.